Hello and welcome. Anyone who's been to Merchant City Yoga on a Sunday knows how much I love catching up with everyone over a cup of my freshly brewed spiced chai. These Sunday chai sessions really bring everyone together. A true celebration of friendship, community and connection. I want to try and capture some of that magic and share it with you at home. So I've invited some familiar faces from our MCY family to chat with me over a cuppa. I'm affectionately calling them the chai sessions. Pop the kettle on, get yourself comfy and come and join us. Hi Siobhan, so thank you so much for joining me for the chai session. Thank you, Judy. At the ready, as always. This afternoon, I have my yeah. cup of chai with me. Good. And you are made of magic. I like that. I need to, I need to maybe get a more interesting mug for the next time. With I don't even know who is this. I stole it from the <laughs> So just before we begin, um, for anyone who's not met you yet, um, Siobhan teaches the pranayama on our 200-hour yoga teacher training program here at MCY and also teaches a monthly class on top of all her other teaching commitments as well. So I thought it would be really lovely to invite Siobhan along and just have a bit of a chat about breathing, about pranayama and why we should all consider maybe doing a more formal breathing or pranayama practice because, I mean, you know, we all breathe anyway so why do we need to give it some extra attention and as I was thinking about what to to chat to you about today Siobhan like something else kind of floated into my mind and that was about whether talking about pranayama simply as breathing practice is is actually too small like you know it is a whole lot more than that so so maybe you could talk a little bit about what pranayama is and isn't sure absolutely i will do my best judy it's such a vast area um in the yoga system uh, if you look at patanjali's system of eight limbs then pranayama sits as the fourth limb of yoga and that's for a reason, um, and that is that the asana and the yamas and niyamas that come before pranayama help to get the system into a good place before you start doing pranayama. That's so important. Um, for me, the way I see it is that that eight limb system that Patanjali's got is that you're always doing some work in those different areas. Um, and as you go up those limbs, things become more refined. So pranayama, where asanas, the physical practices that we're doing on our mat, the stretching, the work that we do there, which gives the body its strength, detoxifies the muscles, strengthens the nervous system as well. Um, that's setting us up for pranayama being the fourth limb. And within that box of pranayama, um, we can step in and out of the fifth limb as well, prachahara. 
So there's an awful lot going on there. We don't just jump into pranayama and start breathing and for it to magically do things for us. We have to approach it quite, I wouldn't say cautiously, but gently. Um, and we have to go quite slowly with it. Um, it's not just about breathing in or out. Um, pranayama is a very prescriptive thing. Um, it's part of the Ayurvedic science as well. It's part of what Ayurvedic doctors would give out um, to help people to balance their conditions, whatever conditions they are that they're, they're going on in their system. And so there's a lot more to it because of that. Um, when I teach at Merchant City Yoga every Sunday, I tend to put it into three different places that we move through in order for when we actually get to the pranayama. It's something that people are really feeling, you know, that they're actually experiencing it for what it is. Um, and that's that. I almost like to see it as we're chucking out, <laughs> we're really chucking out the stuff that's stagnant in our energy forces before we can actually sit and enjoy the breathing um, that we do. Um, and those breath practices um, can heat the body up, they can cool the body down. Um, now this is scientifically evidenced. So the work that I've done with the Kavalia Dam Institute in India, um, when I worked with the pathologists there, the surgeons, you know, what I saw was in that lineage, evidence that they've been working on since 1913 that yeah we're going to trial this again and again and again in people's systems and we can see for example that chandra badane which is the moon cycle breathing has the ability to bring people's internal body temperature down so it's not just about sitting and breathing and and then it's about thinking about where would that come in useful you know, so for someone who's experiencing menopause where they're getting hot flushes and so on, for someone who's um, in the Ayurvedic system, a pita dosha, which means that their internal body temperature is always sitting that little bit higher, which can make them more agitated. Um, it can throw them off balance a lot easier, especially if they're eating foods that are going to increase the heat in their system further. And that tends to be our nature. We tend to be attracted to things that <laughs> are more of what we are in our dosha um, and that's a whole nother topic entirely but when we're talking about pranayama that pitta person could be using that chandra bedin as part of their daily practice to pacify their system and to balance it and um, people going through menopause, like I said, people um, in their menstrual cycle where their body temperature goes up. Um, during pregnancy, your internal body temperatures and internal thermostat is up because you're working harder. And that's just one example of where that tool could be very, very useful. That breathing practice on its own could be very, very useful. Um, and then we have the sun breath, Surya Bedin, that's very warming for the system. So, you know, Vata people um, benefit from that type of pranayama practice. 
And then there's others that are stimulating, others that are more detoxifying that would stimulate maybe kapha. Um, and so it becomes, and from where I've, I've been taught, more a prescriptive practice. Um, but we have to start somewhere. And these three boxes that I'm talking about, those preparations that we do um, every month on a Sunday, they're to kind of shift that energy. We've, we've done enough work in asana, but when we look at the box, the fourth limb of pranayama, we look at shifting, um, shifting that energy a little bit more. So we go through preps that just systematically work through the lower part of the body, the, the apana, the downward force, give that a bit of a sugar. We work through like samana, which is working through the middle of the body. We give all that a bit of a shake up. We wake up the lungs as well during the prep exercises to open up those little air sacs. Um, and we cleanse and clear the throat. And we actually even clear the optic nerve in the eyes. So before we go any further, this is part of pranayama. This shuggling everything about and getting it ready. Then we can do some Kriya work, which is to cleanse the nervous system further. But it's not like asana because we're a little bit more refined when we work with pranayama. And the Kriyas, the two Kriyas that are breath related and not water and salt cleanse are Kapalabhati, which is a really important practice to do for anyone. And um, sorry, um, do beg your pardon, Nadi Shodana, nerve, alternate nostril breathing. So they're classified as Kriyas. Um, so we would do a little bit of that, you know, we, we, we do these prep exercises, we do these Kriyas to cleanse. Um, behind the scenes of all the breath work, the, the other Kriyas are, are salt washes for the stomach, the nasal passages, um, the colon. Um, Again, because we accumulate as human beings, we accumulate and we keep accumulating. So what's the yoga doing? The asana is shedding some of that accumulation. The pranayama is like the highway, the highway to shedding things a lot quicker. Um, and because we're, we're always connecting with the abdomen while we're doing these things, we're tapping into all these branches of the vagus nerve as well. Um, so any kind of pranayama practices that we're doing, we're creating a calmer internal environment. Um, it's more effective to go into the breathing practices if you're shaken up by these other preps and kriyas first. Shaking things up, moving things on a little bit, so that when we do sit for, the, and so there's shat kriya, six kriyas, and then we move on, there's eight pranayamas. Um, Class in the classical text, there's eight pranayamas. Um, and then the body's ready. It's ready to do these breathing exercises. Um, so I hope that makes sense. Um, that we have to do, you know, and I, I keep coming back to that again and again, but we have to do that work. We have to do the work to enjoy the essence and the beauty of actually experiencing that flow through the body when we're breathing. Um, so that's just one part of it. The other part of true pranayama is that when we are doing the breathing, 
but there's ratios. So there's almost like these rules that we have to follow in order to do it and approach it correctly. There's a system as well. So we do things in the correct order when we're doing pranayama. Um, and some of them are twinned. Some of the pranayamas are twinned so that if we're maybe doing a bit of heating, then we're doing a bit of alkalinizing as well. Um, and then you get the juice, you get the goodness out of it. And it's wonderful, you know, because you feel that you start touching on that blissful practice. Now for the student working, it, it has to be a daily practice. It's a bit like Ashtanga where, you know, you, you're really having a five, six day practice to really um, move forward, you know, and, and advance in those practices. Um, otherwise, you're kind of taking a step back and a step, uh, and a step forward and a step back. Um, pranayama is a daily practice. Um, yeah. Working with the breath, working with the ratios for the breath as well. Till we get to a stage, slowly, slowly. Um, so in the Hatha Pradikaba, they say it's like taming a lion. We approach it slowly and gently. And we know, you know, if we're that in tune, we, we, we almost know ourselves, right? I'm, I'm ready to lengthen my breath a wee bit more. Lengthen my breath a wee bit more. And then we get to the stage where we're ready for Prachahara. And that's where we're actually retaining the breath. So there's a lot of stuff out there right now on breathing because because of COVID, every, the, 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 the globally we've gone nuts on breathing. You know, you've got everybody doing Wim yeah. Hof, you've got Dan Brule, you've got Breath Hub, um, you've got so many, and I, I do a little bit of work for Breath Hub. I've got some recordings on their, their breathing app. Um, but again, it's just gone crazy. And, and, and everybody's like, where do I start? And what do I do first? And is this good for me? And, and what I found out of all that is that people are, are getting people to hold their breath very, very quickly. Um, and, and I find that quite unhealthy, you know, from my own personal background and training that the nervous system has to be right before we can hold and pause in that place. And I'll put it in inverted commas safely. But then if you do the work, then it's fine. But then if you're not doing the work, it's not so fine. You know, you and diet and sleep and all those things that are the yamas and niyamas, that's why it's the fourth limb. So I hope that explanation you know, makes a bit of sense that it's it's a work in progress where we're always moving on that upward trajectory to refining things. Yeah, um, I think you've spoken really nicely there to to kind of where pranayama sits or or potentially sits with someone's yoga practice. Yeah, um, you know, I think many many people are familiar with yoga now or what they think yoga is, and and maybe mm. less so about pranayama but like mm. you say I mean breathing is just all over the place just now and there yeah. are so many different yeah, schools of thought and so much advice and yeah. and I think sometimes that can be a little bit overwhelming for people because mm. certainly from from my experience a practice of pranayama it's, it's much quieter 
like you've said already, much yeah. slower. The benefits are are less apparent, less quickly than mm-hmm. than some of these kind of bigger, more popular methods that are maybe a bit more, yeah, spectacular. Would we yeah. say or, or like kind of out, outwardly spectacular and hold your breath for and, two minutes in the water, yeah, <laughs> everything so, up. You know, yeah. and they are feeling it. They are feeling it. But and uh, and so, but if they're doing that on a regular basis, that's the kind of thing that I would be questioning. Yeah. So because mm-hmm. uh, that's definitely not in line with your approach. So, what would you say to someone who's kind of thinking about it, but then thinking, well, gosh, coming to a pranayama class and spending mm-hmm. sixty or ninety minutes just breathing. <laughs> what like that 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 sounds a little bit like could I not just do that myself anyway and I mean I guess off the back of that my next thing is I know you've said it takes a committed practice it takes a daily practice but for many of us that's quite challenging to shoehorn in to what's an already busy day so maybe talk a little bit to to what you might be able to suggest as as to a starting point where we can where we can at least start and get some kind of experience with it there are definitely um some of those practices that we could even condense into like 10 minutes a, a morning um and give ourselves that you know even five ten minutes five ten minutes of breathing safely without holding your breath is an amazing thing to do for anybody, whether they've got a yoga practice or not. Um, it's when we start holding the breath and playing about with things like that that it becomes, you know, a, a little bit more, you know, the, the alarm bells are going off and it's cautious. But even for someone to sit in the morning and even put their hands on their belly and engage with that area, you know, the belly area, there's so many branches of the vagus nerve that sit down in this lower abdominal area. And even if they're focusing on breathing in, just regular breathing in through the nose, engaging their abdomen. If they know how to engage their pelvic floor doing that, they don't even have to do that. Even connecting with the belly and just breathing in and breathing out and trying to learn to extend their exhale, which is part of the key to uh, working in pranayama, you know, that we've got this ratio. But even sitting doing that, and even just being aware of where the natural pause comes in the breath, at the top of that breath, and at the bottom of that breath, that's a wonderful thing. Now, if people are listening to this, they're probably thinking, well, how do I know how long I'm going to be breathing in and breathing out? Um, and that's something a lot of people ask me um, straight off. Um, but I have a solution <laughs> to that. And do. the best way to do it, that, the best that's way why to you're do it pranayama to, like, for anybody, just to actually sit, take a moment while you're sitting, get a bit still, Breathe in, normally, just breathe in and count the seconds of a natural exhale. Now that could stop at four seconds and then you cut out. It could stop at six seconds and you cut out. 
And then the best thing to do with that is take that and half the inhale. Because immediately it's giving you a ratio to work with. And the whole thing about pranayama is extending that exhale is the thing that plays about with our oxygen and CO2 levels in the body. And it's the thing that creates the calm. And, and that's almost instantaneous. You know, the, the calm that we get in pranayama is almost instantaneous. So I can go into a school and teach them just to barely breathe and just to listen to what they're doing with their breath. Um, and they'll feel the difference. You know, so without going into any of the other practices and putting anything in order of what I'm doing first or second, actually just sitting, closing your eyes, as I'm going to do, breathing in, trying to draw that belly back a little bit. And then now we know what our ratio is because we've done that little test and just breathing out through both nostrils again. And listen, because that's the beginning of it. Listen to the body, listen to your own breath and find out that little magical point where it starts and stops and where it pauses at the top of the breath and where it pauses at the bottom of the breath. And there's something that somebody could be doing even for five minutes every morning and just doing it for five minutes every morning and then getting that little taste because the taste's there because they start to feel it because it's yeah. soothing the nervous system and it's lowering your heart rate, it's lowering your pulse rate and that's just from doing that. Yeah, and the lovely Alone, thing about you know the lovely thing um, about that little that little super practical taste there you've given is that it it immediately tailors everyone's exercise to their own to break their own. as well you're not saying yeah. exhale for four or whatever yeah. um, it's literally tailored right from the very beginning to their breath and and I think as well people might be surprised at how quickly they're able to to begin to very gently lengthen that breath mm -hmm. and um, I love that that you start by half in the out breath rather than trying to double because too many people try yeah. and double that in breath and you end up like <laughs> absolutely yeah. hit the nail on the head Judy you yeah. always everybody goes out into it and goes I have to double my exhale uh -huh. yeah um and I'm and like just that well, simple what flip. about just yeah what about just yeah. exhaling because that's your that's your vital I mean incidentally we only we only use about a third of our vital capacity uh, in normal circumstances and we use even less but if we suffer from anxiety um, because we high breathe, you know, and breathing yeah. up here is, is what we do in anxiety, you know, and if I'm working with that, then people have to diaphragmatic breathe. So you have to pull them away from what's happening up here and what's happening here for them right now, um, which isn't really real anyway, it's a fear, um, and bring it down into their diaphragm. And that's where you get that, ah, 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 oh, <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. flipping what's happening up here. Um, yeah. And really, that's what pranayama is doing. It's flipping what's happening up here. Um, and what you find is that people that are stressed and they're going through work stress, they're going through family stress, they're going through relationship stress. It might be moving house. It might be a bereavement. Whatever it is that's created 
a bit of anxiety or stress in their life and, and look at what we've all gone through in the last couple of years. Um, things shift. They, they shift upwards into this area. Um, and it means that we're, we're walking about all the time, carrying this with us. Um, and that's another nice thing about pranayama. You know, When you exercise, you use the lungs. And so it's aero, um, aerobic activity that's happening. And, and both of these areas don't, don't change how we're thinking and they don't change how we're feeling. Really, you know, we feel good after the exercise, but boom, that, that's it again. It's, it's kind of gone. Um, if you breathe from the belly and you do even that five, 10 minutes every morning, the scientific evidence for that, believe it or not, is that that lasts you 24 hours. It actually lasts you all day. The effect of it lasts all day. And you don't get that from anything else ever, you know, and, and, and so if I miss my breathing practice in the morning, which I very rarely do, <laughs> um, very rarely, and I feel it, I feel it, you know, it sets me up for the day, it's like brushing my teeth now, um, that I get on my mat and I do that practice. Um, but just, you know, knowing that, knowing what's happening, um, and then scientifically, when we are stressed and anxious and all those things that I've just mentioned for whatever reason, we're turning up the lower centers of the brain and we're really, you know, on, on, on CAT scans, you see that the higher centers have shrunk, you know, the higher centers of the brain have shrunk down and are becoming inactive because the lower centers of the brain have become highly active due to the stress and anxiety. And what pranayama is doing is opening up and triggering through vagal tone those higher centers of the brain again. And what, what are they? They're, they're the places where we release dopamine, serotonin, um, the, those things that make us feel ridiculously happy and blissful and, and calm. We touch those parts again. You know, even with kapalabhati, which means to skull shine, uh, Kapala being the skull, Bati being to, to shine something. We're actually skull shining, we're, we're triggering, we're constantly triggering um, the higher centres of the brain to become more active um, on a daily basis. It grows the activity in that part of the brain um, so that we don't react, we become less reactive to our own triggers. Um, and so that's something else that's part and parcel of pranayama and what it does for us, you know. Um, and I know very much asana started doing that for me anyway, that I was less reactive mm -hmm. um, and a lot calmer um, through my Ashtanga practice. Um, but then when I added pranayama onto that practice, it was just like, wow, <laughs> nothing's touching me today. <laughs> I'm out there and things are bouncing off me. It's like I've got a rubber shield around me and it's um, it's just not doing any damage. And uh, yeah, of course, I'm going to get my high and low days. Absolutely. It's a normal part and parcel of life, but just less so, you know, less so. Yeah. Um, and I could go into other things, you know, like our and things like that, that, you know, we, 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 
we tap into getting um, really familiar with what's happening there and um, through these practices as well. Um, so it is, it's, it's a wonderful tool for a yogi aspirant, you know, and, and we can split pranayama into physiological stuff that it really helps with. And then for those that are spiritual aspirants, then, you know, they're the ones that are focusing on getting to the point where they're holding their breath for a long period of time. And it brings in that spiritual element. Um, but more physiologically, we can actually just get a wee bit more lung usage and physiologically, we can get our heart rate down um, and our pulse rate down and just feel a bit more clear about what we're doing. You know, that clarity yeah. that comes up from, from doing these practices is yeah. pretty, pretty awesome as well. Yeah. Yeah. Anything so, that makes us feel a little bit better and, and makes things a little bit clearer yeah. is all good. And I think possibly being rubber coated might be a really good place to leave this conversation <laughs> if anyone was in any doubt about you know why why they should commit some time and effort to a, a formal breathing or pranayama practice that has to be it rubber coat yourself rubber shield <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah superhero material exactly you know why why else why else Thank you so, so much. Thanks for, for inviting time me out. on. You're very welcome. Cheers. I have my maid of magic. Absolutely. You know, um, could be a pranayama monk. I was going to say courtesy <laughs> of your pranayama practice, your daily pranayama practice. So thanks so much. And, and just that little simple exercise for people is a great place to start. And then when they, they feel they want to know more, like you've said, coming to class means you can be much more individual and prescriptive Absolutely. with it as well. And, and in, uh, in those classes, I'm always explaining for the beginner and I'm always giving, I'm always splitting that into two levels as well so that people can carry on if they're used to it. People can work on things if they're new to it. Um, and we do always have rest times. I always do a couple of shavasanas within those 90 minute sessions on the Sundays. Um, so just for people out there that are thinking about it, there's pauses, there's rest times um, and don't. I mean, I had four new people last week and, you know, there's always new people coming into the class and they're always welcome to the class. Um, and if that means that they just have a moment where they get something that they didn't get, then it's worth it. You know, it's worth coming for that alone and going away and working with it. Um, yeah. So. And then obviously the Come. final thing is, yeah, I mentioned it. <laughs> you know, your pranayama sessions are such a crucial part of our 200-hour teacher training program as well, because you know the the what we understand is yoga practice, yoga asana practice. Now the pranayama sits so nicely with that, and and like you say, can really enhance that. So it's such an important part of that as well. So absolutely, a lot of a lot of yoga courses don't even touch on the pranayama within them um which is a shame a great shame so you know I'm, I'm i'm over the moon that it is part and parcel of your teacher training judy um that they're getting a good understanding of how they can use that um within their own teachings um, yeah, and for themselves as well to ground yeah. themselves to, to, to yeah. yeah um be able to you know nurture them their, their own practice um as well as that of others 
So yeah, and and also I think pranayama offers the opportunity to practice and and offer some support when maybe some of your yoga asana aren't available to you yeah. for whatever reason mm. that is, you know, injury or illness or energy or whatever, because mm. it's still a practice. Like I can't tell you how many times I say that to people. It's it's still a practice, even still if, a practice. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, we could obviously talk about this forever, Siobhan. So I'm going I to. Could. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hit pause here, and we can hit come pause. back and we can come back and carry on our conversation another day. I'd Thank you so to. much. Very welcome. Thanks for inviting me, Judy. Thank you. Take care. Namaste. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our chat. If you've got any questions, you can email me or find us on social media. I'll see you here next time.